Well, thanks for joining today's podcast. Uh, my very good friend Steve Schnook is with me today. Steve, uh, Steve and I have a couple interesting things. He was president for Missouri Realtors, but I remember that right after you uh, wrapped up your presidency with Missouri Realtors, this is going back a number of years, you actually sold your company and took, kind of did a career change. And I had sold my company at about the same time. So we we had both sold our companies and didn't realize that. But but Steve works now with uh, Remax and an um, organization that's, um, for those of you who are not familiar with Remax, there are territories that are company or corporate owned. And there are some territories that from the early beginnings that are owned by individuals. But Steve works with a very successful Remax franchise and your job role is really working with brokers or first of yeah. all welcome Steve and thank you. But. Thanks John. Yeah, we we did actually sell our companies probably uh at a really good time. Yeah, so yeah, we uh, things did. didn't go so well after that and yeah. I went into consulting and I was pretty busy doing that actually from yeah. two, about 2007 2010 before I came over to Remax. And it's funny, I don't know if you feel the same way, but sometimes I tell people I sold my company back in that 12, 13, 14. I always want them to know it wasn't because I couldn't make it during that time. I actually kind of sold right before the downturn. But anyway, but we did right. both really right after that, it became very challenging. So Right. It really did. And I, I, you know, the people that are in now, um, you would relate to this. I was in front of a group the other day, a new office had joined us and I asked them how many, how many of them had been in the business uh, less than 10 years and three fourths of the group less than Is 10 years. Right? Is that and so right? they are, they're about ready to get a lesson that you and I have already been through, but, uh, and that's really what it is, is normalcy a normal market, which mm -hmm. is what we're heading for, I think, or what we're in. And uh, I, I, you might get humor out of this too when you ask them what's a, what's a balanced market as far as days on market. And the old answer was six months. But if you tell somebody that now that's in the business, that's forever. You're I mean, right. Their career. I mean, who knows what six months is, but for them, exactly. it's a very long period of time. And uh, the fact that it may be 60 days or something is too long for them. So Right. Yeah, exactly. I have a house listed now uh, because I'm still in the business and, and I know my sellers wondering, well, why didn't it sell? Because they're still thinking in their minds. They have this mindset that everything sells in one week. And I've tried to explain to them it's a totally different market now than what it was. Right. Most of the issues that I deal with, and probably you two, are, are unmet expectations, whether they're partnerships, whether they're agents, brokers with us, whatever. You know, you had expectations and they just didn't work out that way. And then I get in the middle of a lot of partnership issues, just trying to get things resolved so people can move on and, and right. do their thing. Right. So I wanted to ask you, Steve, let's just pretend I'm a brand new office broker starting an office and you deal with brokers day in and day out and have for a number of years have seen successful brokers. Like what advice would you give me as a new broker starting to kind of point me in the right direction is there any specific yeah there's a few broken? things yeah yeah there's a few things that i think are are apply across the board and number one age has very little to do with much of anything that we do um there was some new agents in this last group that i was with and they're a little intimidated because they're so young and i said you know nobody's going to ask you how old you are 
It's one of those things that I remember going into the business back in the 80s and, you know, in my early 20s had that thought too. But I also remember nobody asked me that. Nobody asked me that question. Do I have enough experience? It's really just how you carry yourself and what kind of conversation you have with your clients and customers. You know, are you do you know what you're talking about? If you right. can carry yourself well, they'll never ask you that question. But other other than that, it's uh, if somebody's going to go into the brokerage side of the business, I, I'm a believer. Um, uh, a fellow wrote an article not long ago, and I think he was actually um, uh, talking about a particular brand. But he was talking about the the fact that the industry hasn't done itself any favors by going after mass numbers of agents. And I agree with that 100 percent. It just seems like the, the industry has been watered down so much. Um, and you ask the questions about new brokers, go after the right people, go after good people that are going to be successful in the business and long term. Because if you don't, you're constantly turning that um, agent pool over and over. You're training because uh, you got new people coming in all the time. Try to create some sort of a, a magnet that uh, they they see what you offer, and just like the kind of programs you offer, John, if if they can set those up and be consistent, and they see consistency there, they'll stay with the broker. They'll stay with them forever. I mean, I had exactly with me stayed never left. So understanding that, and um, one of the things we teach in our uh, momentum series that we have is is a three level program. You've got to have a plan. You got to know your value as a broker and as an as a franchisee if you have one. And then you've got to recruit. Recruiting is the key to uh, having a successful business. If, unless you're just a, you know, a one man or one woman shop and you're doing your own thing, those agents are your lifeblood. And they're the ones that are going to allow you to ex- maybe get to a point where you can run a business where you can walk away from time to time and it not just shut down because you're not there. Yeah, that's a great point. And I'm, I'm glad you said that because to me, so many brokers, um, they fail to understand that recruiting, they knew, need to keep recruiting all of the time. And as you mentioned, if you know what your values are and you have a plan, you can then begin to attract the right people into your organization and the recruiting becomes so much more easier and you're bringing people in you want to work with and that are easy to train and and adapt into your culture. So excellent points. I think that's very good. Um, you know, as a state president, John, one of the things that they used to ask anyway is what's your vision for the year? Right. You know, and, and it's one of those things. People want to know what what is it that you have one year to accomplish blank? What is that? And yes. I, I think that's an interesting question to ask anybody in leadership is you're, if you're a broker or owner of an office, what's your vision for that office? Where are you going with this thing? Is this something, is this a bus I want to get on? And if it's something big and something exciting and energetic, I'm on it. That That's just how I roll. Yeah. So, You know, and that that's a great point, too. One thing, and I don't know if this if this makes sense or not, but one thing that's helped me be able to create a vision more clear is this revert this concept of reverse engineering. And I'll use it with my easy sales meetings uh, platform here in that. I was showing this to my daughter and we were wanting to, she was reading some of my sales meetings I'd created and she's like, dad, these are great. And, and I always think of you, Steve, because I remember you, you were always so complimentary to to my book I wrote so many years ago. And I think, I don't know if you remember this, but the one sales meeting that you always said was your favorite was my favorite too. And that's the one about 
Uh, I was driving down Columbia Street and I saw a house that was listed with another company and I was so disappointed and so discouraged. And then I thought, John Mayfield, when was the last time you called those people? And so I did this little sales meeting and I know you had done this if you remember it or not, but where you take a, a wastebasket and you have everybody write down. Oh, I've used that paper. so many times yeah. over the years. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but write down names of people that you did business with and then say, if you haven't contacted them in the last six months or year or whatever, put it in the wastebasket. And, and I remember my agents, I remember one lady that worked for me, she had a whole handful of names. She was so happy writing the names of her clients down and she put all of them in the wastebasket. She hadn't called anybody back. Well, that that's what happened to me. But so I was telling my daughter, I said, you know, we kind of reverse engineered what we wanted to do. You got to finish that story though. You got to tell them what you did with the, with the wastebasket. Yeah. So, well, I said, it's kind of like you're, you know, you're throwing all of that business away, that good business but away. If you hand that to another, like a new agent that's sitting there, yes. they're like, oh my gosh, look at this gift. And the other agents are like, what just happened? That's right. It, it, yeah. It's just a great analogy of what happens. And what's interesting, John, is all these years later, you think everybody that would come into the business would have a, a sphere of influence and would have a some sort of a database where they would have, you know, say 200 of their or their closest friends or even 100 people right. that will do business with them. And they still don't. They There's still so many people that don't do that in this business that it just it's amazing to me. I know. I, uh, yeah. And I, you know, Steve, I didn't realize, I don't think I took it that far, but that's what I like about when you come up with sales meetings that you, you can take it and tweak it and make it your own. But really, I hadn't thought about that. You're, it's that competitive it's like you're giving make, it to other people. Absolutely. <laughs> when right. they see you hand that to somebody else that did nothing for it, or maybe they did, yeah. maybe they started their own, uh, CRM and contacted people. Well, all of a sudden they're contacting your people. Yeah. And, you know, in a small company, that can be a real painful uh, discussion daily if somebody else in the office is contacting people that you've done business right. with. Yeah, I was listening to a podcast yesterday and, and the gentleman was talking about and it was more of a business to business selling. But he was talking about somebody asked the question, how can I get off to a good 2023 and he talked about low-hanging fruit, and he really talked about going back through your database and following up with people. Uh, he said following up with people that you know and asking them about people that they may know. You know, in other words, you're calling your past clients to say, hey, do you know anybody who might be in the market for our product? And so, yeah, so great to... Great and point, brokers but... do the same thing with their agents. You know, it's yeah. like if you know another agent in the market, you know, have them get in touch with exactly. me. We don't do that very well, but they should, you know, it, it's a great way. Uh, a referral like that from another agent is the best one you can get. It really is. But I love your vision concept. And I was saying about this reverse engineering that when I when I kind of said, OK, if we could get this many people to into our program here's the potential revenue stream we could have. And all of a sudden, you know, and it was a very low number. And all of a sudden we were like, we could see, we could see it happening. And 
we had this vision of where we wanted to go and what could happen. And I think that's the same way with brokers. You have to know, I mean, there's a certain number of agents you need based on your expenses, based on your market. And if you can go through and really look at that and determine that, you can then get a vision for, okay, I've got to recruit uh, one person every two months or maybe one person every month and just break it down to how many interviews do I need to do or so it can be very easy to do, but that's a, that's a good point. It, it's what, usually a profit goal is what we talk about is how much money do you want to make in this business? Yeah, and then you back exactly. re, reverse engineer, you right. come up with a number and then what does it take to get there? Yeah. And so then we, we kind of just said, okay, well, how many cold calls would we have to make to brokers? And it really boiled down to maybe we had to make five calls each to brokers to reach our target goal. So uh, what else do, what else do you see brokers just talking with brokers in general wh what do you see the real successful ones doing that's uh, the, that well knocking it out like the this the sec the successful ones use a coach. I mean I, there's no doubt about it. The people that have really uh, excelled uh, that I work with have all moved on to um they maybe start off with the basic brokerage uh, momentum training that we offer, and then they'll move on to somebody like Brian Buffini or uh, Judy Ledour, who's a recruiting coach, uh, Peter Mueller on the financial side. You know, there's different coaches out there that focus on different things. And the really good brokers push themselves to get better at what they think they might be weak at. And they just grow as a result of that. And then team leaders do the same thing. So um, it's hard to it's hard to manage and recruit a team if you're not running a really good team yourself. And sometimes you need that accountability, I think, to um, to have someone. I, I like that. That's a great point. One of the things I've done this last year that has been amazing for me is I joined a mastermind group. And there are four of us that meet every Monday at 9 a.m. via Zoom the three of them are in Arizona and I happen to be in Missouri. And it was funny because I was on a call and I heard this lady talk about a mastermind group and I reached out to her and I said, uh, well, are you in a mastermind group? I I've been wanting to join one. And she said, no, but I'm wanting to join, start one. So we just started a mastermind group. And I think that's another way brokers can, you know, get with three or four brokers, even if they're spread out with zoom today. And it's been very, very beneficial to me. And it's funny, I listen to these old motivational books and and uh, the one book about the, you know, the uh, how to win friends and then um, influence uh, people. Yeah. Yeah. And influence people. I'm I'm uh, Napoleon Hill. He he talked about the mastermind group. And it's kind of interesting how some of these people that from the oil and the Edison and all these people who started these mastermind groups years ago and how the brains actually, you begin to function together as one. It's kind of interesting, but. Uh, well, my, my background was similar to yours in coming into the Missouri Realtors from a small market. And really, I remember the, um, the influence that Richard Mendenhall had on me uh, being a young kid in the business and watching him lead right. our association and going to lead NAR in 2001. And um, it, that just made a big difference. I'm not sure that I would have stayed in real estate had I have not been around people like him. Exactly. Yeah. And Richard as well. He and Larry had just 
been such um, T. David. There's uh, people from Missouri that we're talking about, but that's kind of like that. They were kind of uh, part of like a mastermind or a mentor to us. So I think that's very good. But if coaching, you have a chance, John, go back and read um, the 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 book about Remax and the beginnings of Remax because Dennis Curtin, our owner, uh, started Remax in 1975 in Kansas City. And so he's coming up on his 50th in a couple of years. So um, talk about a vision and talk about somebody that saw something that could be much bigger than what it is. The very beginning of that book talks about how uh, David Linegar was about to close the doors on Remax. And Dennis said, no, I think this idea is going to work and gave him the check for the franchise. First one outside of Colorado and said, let's do this. And the rest is history. And I, I, I it's just a great read. Yeah, Everybody wins. Is. Yeah. Yeah, And that's a kind of a great segue to something else I'd just love to ask you, because Remax, I remember when it first came out, they were kind of not the real, um, they were different. It was a different concept than what, like my mother and other, who started in traditional real estate companies. So it kind of had a, a lot of people weren't happy with Remax. I mean, a lot of traditional brokers. But Remax has survived over the years and done so well and adapted to the marketplace. And now you see all of these different business models coming in. What do brokers like in Remax? I mean, what do? How are some brokers able to <laughs> position, um, pivot, and and uh, go forward with all of these different business models? I think what what the two things that Remax can say right out of the box right now is something that, that agents and brokers are attracted to. It's the most productive agents in the industry and actually by quite a bit. So you want people, if you're in sales, you need to be successful. So having the most productive agents. And then the last one that came out last year was most trustworthy. That's a big one and two to attract somebody to a brand. And then when you look at the brand itself and then you realize it's in the top 10 of brands in the world, that's that's a big deal that when you walk into a room that somebody knows what that is. Yeah, that is huge, a huge, huge benefit. And I think you've been able at Remax to create this culture that uh, that your brokers are able to um, to just keep forging through, because I think at the end of the day, and I'm sure you would agree if you don't, I, I totally get it. But at the end of the day, agents really stay with that agency because they like the broker they like the leadership there they like the culture and just uh, they love the they like the business model and how things are being um utilized. The, the broker is the person driving the bus and makes all the difference we can't succeed without a good broker there's just if we have an office that fails you can just look at the broker and figure it out pretty fast and i'm sure those brokers who are succeeding they're utilizing the services that you have at remax and putting those to use Absolutely. And creating their own and reaching out to people like you. I mean, it, you know, the, the good ones just do that on a daily basis. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, anything else you want to just add on on uh, brokerage management or running an office that you would? Nobody, like nobody's got all the answers, John. And I think you just have to stay in a, in a state of curiosity to be good in this business, to just always realize that you don't know everything. You don't have all the answers that you know, if you keep an open mind that you're going to run into somebody like you and have a conversation that's going to 
raise your awareness, then that's a good conversation. And you look yeah. for people like you, like who's one of the things I ask our brokers are the five people that are closest to you are a reflection of who you are. So who are those five people? And are those the right five people to be in your circle? Right. There's always a lot of pause when I ask that question, because there's times I know in my life that I've had the wrong five people in my circle. Maybe mm-hmm. there a couple of them needed to go out and new ones come in. But there's times that it, I've just been aware of that as I get older, that, you know, who you hang with makes a big difference. It does. It does. Yeah. I mean, what you're listening to, what you're reading, who you're hanging out with. Absolutely. And, and you know, as you mentioned with the coaching, I think I'm sure that you see a lot of, I mean, brokers need to continue to get educated and, and sharpen their skills. And I think that's, that's been beneficial for me throughout my career and, you know, attending state meetings. I mean, you took, took time out of your business to be president of our association and served in a lot of various areas. I've taken time out. And sometimes I'll hear, I will hear people say, oh gosh, I don't have time to, to get involved. But to me, you, 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 I mean, you, you, uh, you, you got, you have to get involved because that's where you, you make do. the connections. And we drove to Jefferson city from Kansas city uh, Friday night to, to their 30th anniversary for Larry Keating. And um, I was thinking on the way down there, it was only two and a half hours from where we were, our office in Kansas City. And um, I thought, how many trips have I made like that to either Columbia or Jefferson City for meetings? And it was, you know, hundreds of times I've done that. Right. And it, this this particular time, I actually kind of, because uh, Dennis Curtin was driving, I kind of looked around and just enjoyed the ride because, right. uh, you know, you're, you're kind of, you just get in your car and go on. And we did that for so many years and I wouldn't trade that for anything. Cause I think that, that, that piece of my career is what has got me to this point. Yeah, that's great. Well, I appreciate your time, Steve, and thank you for sharing your knowledge and wisdom with our folks. And we'll have Steve's contact information down below and uh, always a pleasure to talk to you and to, to learn from you as well. So thank you, Steve. Ditto John. Always a pleasure. All right. Thank you.